Gambino niggas who swipe this. Deluxe rap Cavaliers. Bitches who still biz. Give me this. Alright, here we are back with another episode. And we got Paul and Josh. And Paul, would you like to uh, let everyone know what your voice sounds like so they can keep yeah. track? I am Paul Dowell. And Joshua Hopped. And we are the owners of Tall T Productions. Hell yeah. So like we talked about before, this is one we've hoped to do for a long time. Uh, so I'm super, super stoked to have you here. And Josh, it's nice to meet you because I didn't even know that you were uh, involved. I only knew, knew about Paul. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's a pleasure to meet you as well, Ethan. Um, gosh, we got started so long ago and I've had a few things pulling me in other directions. And Paul has held down the, the fort for a long time now. So yeah. he deserves the credit for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's uh, let's do just brief backgrounds on uh, where you guys are from individually and then how you met each other. So, Paul, you want to kick it off with uh, where you grew up and uh, and just how everything was in the early yeah, days? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Colorado native, uh, born in Denver, uh, 85. So we're a couple of old folks <laughs> and then uh, lived in Denver from 85 to 91. <clears throat> Forgive me, uh, I got a scratchy voice. We had the Avalanche game last night, game one of the Stanley Cup final. But uh, yeah, I grew up in Denver until 91, and then uh, we moved out to Littleton, which is uh, southwest of Denver, suburb area. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Red Rocks, but right there, like that was the back uh, backyard. And then uh, in 2003 is when I moved up to Breckenridge, and started to uh chase chase the snow sick uh, yeah and so i don't know if that's when you met josh but josh you want to give a little bit of your background yeah uh not a colorado, colorado native but i got here as soon as i could i was born in Kauai, uh kind of a west coast month growing up moved around a bunch lived in washington oregon california arizona um sixth grade i moved to grand junction and lived there until my senior year of high school where i relocated to oregon um, up little uh, suburb of Portland, Lake Oswego, and then came right back for college. Uh, moved to Breckenridge in 2005 and um, met Paul and, you know, kind of the same thing up there, just really chasing that uh, that last call in that first chair. And, you know, you get those those powder days and those bluebird days. And, you know, it, was a, it, 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 it has been an awesome road, that's for sure. Yeah, so. that's awesome. All right, so how did you guys meet each other and get linked up as business partners? <clears throat> We, uh, well, we were actually just talking about this. We just uh, wrapped up a lunch and uh, I was like, so how did we meet each other? And uh, I lived, we both went to Colorado Mountain College, CMC. I did a semester. I took two classes and knew that was not for me. And uh, he had classes with some of my roommates, uh, Ryan Schulke, Sammy Steen, and they had uh had a break from class and they had came over to the crib and that was the first time that Josh and I had met. Yep. It's about right. And honestly, uh, gosh, it seems like forever ago now, but it's, we're looking at about 2006, 2007. And then, uh, shortly after started, started the business, you know? Yeah. So who like, so what was the birth of the business? Like, you know, who, who kind of had the idea? I mean, 2006, 2007, that's prime. Like, thug era of skiing you know super, <laughs> super huge shirts you know yes. triple layered so like what what was the genesis of like the idea for the business in the first place well the inspiration behind the business i i uh grew up um my father very much a serial entrepreneur that's what had us moving around so much as a kid and it was always chasing the next opportunity 
Um, one of the things I always wanted to launch was a clothing label. Uh, as a kid, just, you know, big LRG fan and, you know, um, other companies that have done well for themselves in the space. Uh, was always repping. Um, the, you, you hit the nail on the head with that kind of thuggish era, if you will. And every, we were all wearing tall tees, uh, shredding, and you could get them blank from Foot Locker, but you couldn't get them with designs on them. And so I said, all right, well, let's, let's give it a shot. You know, let's see if maybe we, we make some shirts here and we, we print on them some cool designs, you know, maybe it'll work. And we had dropped them off at the big hit, uh, which is um, the local shred shop up in Breckenridge. And I dropped off 50 t-shirts and I, they called me like two weeks later and said, Hey, we're all out of shirts. This is, this, uh, you know, is really hitting off well. And Paul, um, myself, uh, Ryan Schulke, Sam Steen, Adam DeLorem, um, a lot of the, uh, a lot of kind of, I don't want to call them the OGs, but a lot of the, the, the OGs in um, back in the Breck days, we, we realized that, you know, hey, there, there could be something here. And so we kind of, we printed another round of shirts, really started giving them out and to skiers and Adam, Adam DeLorem is hands down a key conduit to the, uh, the ski family in general, the whole ski community. Um, he's such a leader within that that realm that he was able to give them out to a lot of play, a lot of people that uh, perhaps Paul or I couldn't reach, and they were wearing them for park shoots. They were wearing them, um, and it really just kind of caught like wildfire. Uh, you know, everybody was liking the brand, and and we had slowly and surely just steadily uh, printed more shirts, gotten as creative creative as we can with them, and it's. Uh, been a nice little niche that we've been able to ride for a long time now. Yeah. And Paul, do you remember that that happened in the same way? Yeah. So when I first moved to Brackenridge, um, I moved to Pinewood Village, small apartment in town. And the person living above me was Adam DeLarn. And so that's how I got first introduced to like free skiing um, was through Adam. And I'll never forget a core memory is I showed up, we went over to the uh, local liquor store, City Liquors, picked up some ice cold Keystone lights, you know, it's classy. And uh, he threw on section 1242 and it's Tanner Hall walking out on the bridge to Mob Deep, shook ones. And I was like, what the hell is this? And that's like when I first got introduced to like free skiing, because for people that don't know, I snowboard, Muna snowboards. We're both snowboarders. We don't even yep. ski. So that's, as far as I knew, what skiing was growing up was tight pants, uh, shin guards, going through the gates. Like, that's what I knew skiing as. So, you know, getting introduced to Adam was like a game changer. And like, I would not have the slightest clue how big of an influence he would have on my life from that point on. Him and Tanner, for, you know, for both of them. Yep. Wow. That, so you guys both still to this day only snowboard? Yes, sir. Yeah. We'll wow. ski on Gaper Day. We'll have some fun, you know. <laughs> shocking! I actually I did not know that at all. Yeah. So there's a hot there's a hot take for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, um, Josh, you said your dad was a serial entrepreneur. When you were starting yeah. off this, did you did you get it started properly from the start? You know, LLC, business accounts, all oh, that, or was it just no. like out the garage? No, 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 no. No, it was. Uh, let's print some T-shirts. This um, is for the homies. Yeah, like, let's we'll have some fun. See what um, happens. You know, it was one of those things where I had gotten actually a, a cannabis charge um, about six months before that, and I ha- I was driving over Vail Pass, and I had I had a bunch of weed with me in my Chevy Blazer, and I got pulled over, 
and car got searched. I went to jail. It was no fun. Um, my dad got me out and was like, Hey, if I get you off this charge, you're never doing this again. And I said, okay, all right, I guess. And I was sitting at the, sitting in my house and I was like, gosh, we got to turn two into four with something. Let's figure out how we can possibly, you know, um, maybe this, maybe the shirt thing. And so we started getting shirts and it was really one of those things where actually forming the LLC and making a legit business was very much an afterthought. Let's see if this works. Um, and so the first probably two years of kind of running the company and giving out shirts and doing it was just all for fun. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. Just for fun. It naturally grew just, into a business. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And did you guys have the name like straight from the beginning? Tall T Productions? Yeah. It's always been Tall T. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And then wow. Muna's boy, uh, Keegan, is the one that actually like drew up the logo. Yep. And what? Childhood friend from. Yeah. Childhood friend from, from, uh, from Grand Junction days. Yeah. And uh, he was big into the graffiti scene down in Denver at the time. And I went down to see him and said, hey, maybe you could help me design this logo. This is what I'm thinking. You know, we really like that graph feel. Let's figure out what we can do. And then, you know, we along came the logo. It's still the logo we use today, obviously. And I think it's a lot more recognizable as far as the name. People can read it better. A lot of times over the years, people were, weren't sure if it was a symbol, if it was actually a word. Uh, and um, it, that kind of, I think, really helped us with just having something that was very unique and different. Yeah. And so we've actually gotten some viewer questions about that, even though that's far in the future now. But how has the, how, how have your thoughts about the, the logo evolved over time? Because I'm sure it's caused some confusion. You know, do you think yeah. that's hurt the business at all? You know, people look at it and they're like, is that Arabic? Is that like what's going on yeah, with it? We get that all the time for sure. And a lot of people can't read it. But then like once you like show the outline of the T-A-L-L-T, -L -L then people are like, oh, that says tall T. And it's like, yep, right there for you. I mean, the goal for this company has always been to really do our own thing um, at our own pace, you know, with our, with our own with our own ideas and kind of what's going on. So we never really were influenced too heavily by outside people's, you know, we never really took on investments or anything. So it was always just really, hey, it's really unique and different. Perfect. We're not looking to fit this into everything else that's going on in the world. Uh, we want it to be something that really complements, you know, our styles. Mm -hmm. And I think the logo in a lot of ways, you know, um, whether it's a Nike check or, you know, um, it, it, any logo out there, it, there should be a, somewhat of a story behind it. And I think that, you know, with ours, there's no exception there, you know, it was a, it was very fitting to the times and fitting to our style. And even to, to this uh, today, I think it's even a, a further testament that the logo has, you know, withstood the test of time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been something that I've recognized like, the entire time I've been skiing. I was born in 98. So ah. there's no chance for me to remember life before Talty nice. being, being at the mountain, you know? doing our part i love it i love it yeah and when did you first hear about the brand um i think it was the first time i saw it i think it was a, a tell a friend tour um yep. they had come into town and they had given me a keychain and i had that like through all of high school nice. and I, was, yeah, like, so sick. I think i might have seen it like on yeah. some sweatshirts and passing but you know when i was younger it was still very much like the the full like top to bottom kit yeah yep. there was and i can't even uh really remember how I got hooked up with Andy. I think it might've been like through new schoolers or something. I think I'd done a campaign with new schoolers and then Andy like reached out and was like, yo, you want to jump on the tell a friend tour? And I was like, yeah, not even second guessing it. 
Yeah, it was sick. I think I might still have that. I wish I had it with me. That would be an awesome prop. But uh, I know exactly yeah, what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah. Is it a metal one? It no. It was just like a rubber. It was kind of like a light fabric, and it was it was one of those longer ones. It's like a foot long, and you kind of just walk oh, through the hallway like the and toilet. Lanyards you're talking yeah. about? Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. for sure. Okay, for sure. Nice. Yeah. We still get our lanyards from the same supplier. Yep. It's awesome. <laughs> Because <laughs> loyalists, same logo, same supplier. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, and then like, you know, another thing that gets confusing too is like our sizing, right? So a large shirt is also considered a 96, a 102 is a XL, a 3XL is a 108, and then our 5XL size is team size. And so, you know, when people are like, what's a 96? What's a 102? And it's like just trying to be different, you know? Yeah. And, and a lot of that came from us trying to size things similar to jerseys, you know, like jerseys would always carry a different size back in the day. And so, and that's where the tag came from. Yeah. Like the lower left tag on a shirt is replicated from basketball jerseys. Yep. That's yep. genius. I didn't even that's, make that connection. Yeah, that is genius. That idea. <laughs> yeah. So you guys said it was, uh, it was about two years before, like it was before it was taken kind of seriously as a business. Um, what was that transition like from, oh, this is just, you know, something we're doing with our buds to, hey, let's, you know, we'll, you know, sell these shirts to kids back east, you know, maybe get some shirts up to Quebec. Like, how does, uh, how does it get, get beyond your immediate friend circle? You know, that would be, that would when be. Did, uh, when did Chris build the website for us? Because I'd say that's when we took it serious. And we're like, all right, that let's was make it. this a business. Yeah, we're we're, build the website. we're talking 2008, 2009 yeah, right now. Yeah. And, and I just gotten it. Um, I had, I had a good friend of mine, Brian Sams, who lived up in, in Breckenridge. He was like, dude, you've got a lot of shirts going around. What do you mean? You're not, you're not incorporated. I was like, no, not at all. And he's like, okay, well let's, let's do this. And so I had a good friend of mine help, uh, help us with that. And yeah, it's, it was just a process of, I guess we got to jump through these hoops. Let's, let's make it as legit as we can. And, um, it was never to, we got to raise capital. We got to do these other things. Um, it was just really honestly like, all right, cool. This is, this is the evolution of it. Let's see if it works and it works. Okay. Well, let's now let's, uh, let's make it legit. And, but we've, so. we've both always had other jobs. Like we weren't yeah. just relying on tall tea for yeah. income. Yeah. This yeah that's is what, that's what I was going to ask because uh, those early years, like what are you guys doing for work at this time? All this is just kind of your side gig. I mean, I, I waited tables at Mikasa and Breckenridge empire burger I did, I did sales. Um, what were you doing sales for the timeshares? Yeah, I did sales for timeshares up there. Uh, we give you two nights in Breck for 99 bucks. That was, that was a wild time. Um, and then, uh, <clears throat> and then I worked for, um, I worked for an energy company that my father actually owned and I did that for a while. And then really dove into cannabis uh, is, has been kind of the venture for myself. And I know Paul's obviously got his own story there as well, but it's always been more of a, this is what we want to do with our profits because this is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a great creative outlet. Yeah, Paul, what 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 were you doing? Uh, well, you know, my first job was making pizza at Papa Murphy's Pizza when I was 14 years old. But uh, my my grandparents, uh, my dad's side, they lived in uh, Kansas, so I'd go out to the farm like every summer, go work on the farm, roof houses, and then. Uh, but when I moved to Breck, I worked on the mountain. I scan tickets and then I also work the summer too. They have like the Alpine slide and putt putt golf and all that shit. And I, that's like pretty much carny work. So I felt like a carny for sure doing that work. And then uh, eventually got a job delivering pizzas up there for Windy City Pizza. 
and I was working with my boy Justin Zook. He was the owner of the pizza shop, and uh, I did that for a long time, and then just still managed the company while I was doing that. Yeah, and neither of you live in Breck anymore, correct? No, we're in uh, Denver now. Yeah, sick. We're working our way to get back up there. Yeah, we're trying to get back. <laughs> yeah, we're we're over the rat race. Yeah, yeah. It's time to cash out and just relax for a little bit. I don't know. It's so this is what I wanted to ask you guys. How has Breck changed over the years? Because all I've seen is the current day version of it. Was yeah. it like what was it like back in the early two thousands? Was it a little bit more laid back? Yeah, it was definitely like small that. town vibe. It wasn't so resort feeling. There wasn't yeah. condos everywhere. They didn't even have the gondola yet. Like, yep. And it was all about just shredding with your homies every day. Yeah, that's you know, first chair, last call. Like that's what it was. Yeah, hundred percent. So being businessmen, businessmen maybe businessmen first, maybe rather than ski bums right now. What do you guys think of the like the explosion of Breck? Do you think it's bad for the area good for the area like how, how do you guys look at it you know i think that uh, i believe the growth is always something that's going to be great and change is something that you know if you can't get out of it you better find a way to get through it <laughs> in all things in life and you know as Vale resorts has invested more capital into that area you've seen us in a, a massive explosion of popularity you know people trying to get there it's very much a destination resort now um i think that's fantastic for the economy and just the overall market up there um, and so for me, I can't, I can't hate on it. I do wish that maybe the lift lines were a little bit smaller, um, and kind of working on that for, for weekends. And at the same time, you know, that's, that's, that's part of it. It's, it's Brex is such an amazing place. And, you know, um, all, all, all of my favorite restaurants back then are still there. So it hasn't changed a ton. You know, there's been a lot of good things. I do know that they're, their peak season still has about 35,000 people in the town and their summer season has about 3,500 people that live there. So a lot of those numbers are still consistent. You just have a, a massive influx of people trying to get there throughout the year. Yeah. Um, but love Breck. You can't say enough great things about it. Yeah. But it is like the tourist hotspot, right? Like yeah. it, it's totally. always cranking and they like got rid of the parks and shit or like it's not like it used to be, you know, and I'm not in favor of it, but it's like, it's part of the deal, right? Like, yep. you know, when more money comes in, more people are going to show up, more condos are going up and it, you know, it is what it is. But like, I haven't shredded Breck in ye like years, probably like five yeah. years. Yeah. Well said. And whenever I do get a chance to get out, we're going and playing on snowmobiles. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Yeah, and I've been like on the ponies with no lift lines. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been like hitting up uh, the copper scene lately. It's just a little bit quieter over there, not so uh, resort resort type. Yeah, not yet, at least. And not yet. Yeah, well, <laughs> well said. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't really know the timeline of the business. So when was it that uh, you guys split ways and uh, Josh, you started doing the the entering the cannabis world? I, I'm not sure if there was some other big moment before then, but uh, what was you next know? up for you guys? I mean, you know, it was probably 2013, right? Eh? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's right on. Yeah, yeah. So we moved down to, to Denver about 2013 um, and had a commercial cannabis operation, kind of getting started early cannabis days. Um, myself, I have epilepsy, so I've had a medical card since a very young age and have been in the cannabis space <clears throat> since I was 15. Um, so a little over 21 years now. And for me, it was one of those things where I... I had my first kid. I have three daughters now. Um, I, one of them is 13 years old. Uh, I have a four-year-old and I have a 19-month-old. And so 
my 13 year old, I had her in 2009 when we were jamming hard. And I realized that if I'm going to provide for this, this beautiful little angel here, I've got to work hard. And Tall Tea has always been a company that I fed versus got fed by um, in a lot of ways. And so for me to, you know, to push hard, I was like, I got to focus on this, on this cannabis thing. Um, you know, I, I want to stay as close as possible to the company. And uh, Paul and I have always been, easiest way to say is brothers. And so for me, I was like, dude, you got the reins, bro. You let me know how I can help. You got it. And that would be right around 2000, probably 14. We made that transition. Um, I was working really hard on a book called Three Alight. It teaches you how to do well for yourself in the garden. I figured I'd write a book on how to grow cannabis because there really wasn't a book available yet. And then that, and then that turned into, okay, cool. Let's, let's, uh, let's do a nutrient line as well. Then that turned into, Hey, let's go consult. And that turned into, Hey, you're going to get bought by these big public companies. And you're going to go be an executive at a public company. And it's been a while the road since then. Um, but it's one of those things where uh, tall tees, the roots, you know, Paul and I are always a phone call away from each other. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that would be, that would be my, my two cents on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. That's definitely accurate. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, once he was diving in heavy on the cannabis scene, it's like, I just took four reins. It's like, I got it. I can run the show. And you know, the rest is kind of history. Yeah. Did you already have the studio set up and everything by that point? Or was that still in the future? Okay. We can kind of give you the timeline of like how the storage and like where we keep everything. So this is a good one. <laughs> you can tell how it started and then I can take over from where it picked up. Yeah. So uh, we started it with um, your closet. Really just in my, honestly, like an extra closet that we had that I could fold a bunch of t-shirts <laughs> and just keep them in there. And then when people needed them, I just grab from the inventory, hook them up. Um, Cause it was really just kind of a back, you know, um, a backdoor thing that we were doing, just looking good friends that we knew up and, you know, Adam and Tanner and Amet and a lot of the significant skiers now um, from back then were wearing it. And that's really what started pushing it around the world. If there was a ski resort, excuse me, if there's, if there's a ski resort in the world, we've shipped a tall tee there, no questions asked. And so we were storing it, you know, just in, in, in our apartment, we had a four of us living in a two bedroom spot. I mean, that's how we did it back in the day in Breck for sure. Um, making it work with the roommate scenario. And then we moved down to Denver. Well, no, no then, way then, before then actually yeah, we moved up then, to High Point. Yeah, yeah. so I got, a ho- I got a house with uh, Adam DeLorme, Tanner Rainville, um, Sam Steen, Ryan Schulke, yep. Elliot Halverson. It was like a seven bedroom house. It was like a big house. And we had like this little mud room or like Skyrim or whatever you we want to call built it. Built some shelves in there. Built and- shelves in there. And that was like the, the home base for a while, for probably yeah. what, five years or so? Yeah, a lot of shirts to fold. And yeah. so like, you yeah. know, Downey and DeLorme, you know, those boys were so connected with all the other heavy names in the game. So they would come by the house, grab a couple teas, And, you know, that's how the word spread like wildfire. So then from there, that's when we moved to Denver. And then I got a house down in Denver and we put it in my garage in there. Yep. And then it was in there for about two years. And then some good friends of ours, um, one of the kids I lived with, Sam Steen, and then another good friend, Mike Delaney, they opened a creative space, warehouse space with what, like three, 4,000 square feet, maybe. Yeah. And we're like, let's take some space in there. And get so out of the garage. we rented space from them and we were there for about two years. And then now we're, uh, we're in, um, with our screen printer 
uh, Superior Inc. And it's like a 15,000 square foot warehouse. And we are renting like 2000 of that for uh, all of our products. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. We've been there for like what, six years now? Six, so, yes, yeah. we've been there for like six years. Yeah, damn. So everything's in, everything's in house. All the printing's in house. All the embroidery's in house. It's it makes everything like super hands on. Yeah. Have you the sourcing of like the shirts? How have you handled that over the years? The shirts and the sweatshirts and the uh, bucket hats and all of that. Like, have you? There's no way you can do it all by hand. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the very beginning, we were able to find shirts. Um, we would try and find. It was really hard to find a tall T-shirt cut, and we and I found a someone I had, I had known that had gone to China was like, Hey, I can introduce you to somebody in China that could potentially make these shirts for you. And next thing you know, we're, we're going back and forth and we got our first order of shirts and we're like, all right, this is, this is the one let's go. Let's go. So, um, well, how did you meet Sasha? That was, that was through that, through that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we still get them from well, Sasha. She, no, she's done now. She's out there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. We got a new manufacturer. See, he's, there we it's go. how far behind he is. There we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so we can talk about that transition. But yeah, no, it's been, uh, we get to, we source the shirts from a blank, um, blank, and then we'll print on them when they get here. In the beginning, we were getting uh, shirts from like Shaka and Dream yeah. USA. Yep. And then we would go to Hobby Lobby and we would buy a bunch of fabric for the, the hip tag. Yep. And then they would we'd then have our screen printers print the tag, cut, take them to Cardo Cut and Sew, and then they would sew the tag on the shirt. And then we would take it and print on it. And it was, it was a lot of steps. It was a lot of steps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you guys have some help now uh, with the printing and with the embroidery, but how many shirts do you think that y- you guys yourselves have printed over the years and actually put the Talty logo on? Oh, thousands for sure. But we <laughs> yeah. actually, we haven't done any of the printing. We don't do any of the printing. We've always worked with a screen printer. So we'd get the, we'd oh. get the piles of shirts and we'd fold them. And then we get them ready, ready, ready yeah, to share. That's pr- ready to give out. That's where. That's probably a better question: is how many t-shirts have you folded? <laughs> how many do you think you folded? Probably tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. I was for about sure. to say that's yeah. a high number. T- tens man. of thousands for sure. That's a lot. Yeah. And then okay. the, the yeah. stickers is a good question too. How many stickers have you peeled and cut? And yeah. that's I don't even want to. Yeah, guess we got that our number. own vinyl cutting machine, so we could put stickers everywhere and. Yeah. Some unique stories putting up stickers that's for sure <laughs> so from the start you guys have hired people to do the screen printing yes correct correct okay yeah. had screen printers so it was one of those things where you know hey we can print these shirts for two bucks a piece let's you know send us the designs that would yeah. or whatever the price was you know so we say all right cool let's, let's get them in yeah so obviously it exploded within skiing did it ever catch on at snowboarding the, the brand well yeah i mean a bunch of our homies that were snowboarders would rep the brand like it just naturally hit the ski market because of Delorme and Downey and shit. It's yep. like those guys got us so plugged with everyone. Like yep. Rainville, yeah, Paul, Rainbow, yeah, you know, all Tanner, yeah, Henrik. I remember Adam telling me about Henrik. He goes, "This kid is the truth. He just got picked up by Oakley. You know, um, he's gonna." And this was like two thousand. Yeah, early. Fucking, it must have been two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah, this was a long time ago. You know, he Henrik was real. He was just getting. As far as I, I had never heard of him. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I hooked him up. We're going to get this kid some shirts. Well, then, the, and then he came and stayed at the house. What do you watch? How high? Isn't that how you yeah, like, yeah. learned? English? And then, uh, you know, they would do uh, summer camp at Hood. And like yeah. every time they would take like a whole tote of teas and like all the coaches are out there and shit. So it's like, 
it was about who you knew, you know, and like, we just got plugged in with the right kids and like all those kids are family now, you know? Yeah. So it seems like you've always been doing it for the love. Were you worried about giving out so much product for free at first or didn't even, didn't even bother you at all? It was no. always, it, it, it is still for the love, man. I mean, this is one of those things where you could crunch a, a P&L report or, you know, things like that. And it, just, it was never, it was, Hey man, we're doing this because it's what we want to do. This is fun. You yeah. know, awesome scene, great people, you know, great energy. And we're pushing hard towards something that we love to do. And just making kids feel good about what they're wearing, you know? Yeah, totally. I think uh, the first person that I had talked to on the podcast that like really showed a lot of love for Talty was Ryan Barrick. He was like, yeah, Paul hooks it up every year. Like my whole closet is basically Talty stuff. So yeah, that's yeah, super sick. Yep, Ryan's been on the program for a while now, so, you know, much love to him. Yeah, do you got a couple other people that you hook up like that, where it's like, every time you see them, they're wearing Talty, basically? Yeah, there's definitely uh, there's <laughs> definitely a handful of them, for sure, that are getting the, the right treatment. Yeah. yeah, that's sick. So, early days, I don't know if it was just because so many people were wearing them in the movies, but how plugged in were you for sponsoring ski movies when they were at the height of their production, you know, like tons of money going into it, you know, how did you guys get, get plugged in with like the level well, ones, all that? I think, that? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. like when, um, you know, Adam got invited to, uh, echo echo mountain for a shoot for a park shoot. I think it was called eclipse back then. Yep. And they were just like hitting like this white big barrel, but he like, he was the star of the show for sure. They're like, who the fuck is this kid? And you know, level one was like, what are all these tall tees these kids are wearing? And then that's when Adam plugged us. And then we start, I start, you know, both of us started talking with Josh. And I think the first movie we sponsored was Turbo, yeah. I want to say. I have to go yeah. back because yeah. it's been so long. But yeah. I mean, we Turbo, sponsored I probably yeah. Yeah. five or six level yeah. one movies. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, Downey like gave Tanner, Tanner Hall, uh, one of the Lion shirts, one of the Ross Lion shirts at Hood one summer. And he like never took it off. That was like, yeah, never took it <laughs> off. And then so some marketing guy from Oakley calls us and he's like, are you these tall T guys? Like, yep. can you like help make some t-shirts for Tanner? Because he's not wearing any Oakley shit. And so like, he's made... only wearing this tall t-shirt. So we made like Oakley, Oakley, Oakley gear yeah. just for Tanner. <laughs> and then we made some Armada shit too, like just for the Armada boys, like yep. for Phil, Henrik, Pat, Tanner, uh, Hornbeck. It's like all these heavy hitters with all these other sponsors are repping our shit, you know, versus the companies <laughs> that are like compensating them. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah. now, now that those days of the big movies, you know, like feature length films, basically, are kind of behind do you would you guys feel comfortable discussing like the actual business structure of those deals like what you would give and what you would get in return because now it just seems like you slap a logo at the in the intro and that's really all you get for sponsoring a movie but I mean, was it different it was a lot of times we were, we were trading gear a lot of the times so we, we would throw cash when we could but a lot more often than not it was product they trade. would take product and then sell the product from their platforms and we would make a tall T level one tall, uh, you know, shirt, or we'd make a tall T level one hoodie, whatever it was. And we would just give it to them. And then that would usually suffice for our, for our, uh, our sponsorship fee. Yeah. Yeah. But then, the, you know, later on down the line, it was like, all right, product plus cash. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah. 
Well, I'd rather just give the cash to the athletes. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, you know, like I'd rather give it to yeah, the athletes rather than the production company. Pay for someone's trip to Japan. You know, let's help them with their plane ticket um, versus or an Airbnb or gas money or whatever. whatever you know, whatever that, that's that ski life. I mean, a lot of the times, you know, you're not you're not balling too hard. Um, and so whatever we can do to help, we always try to support our athletes. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's kind of just like uh, audience sharing, basically. Yep. Sure. Yeah. All right. Clever. Um, let's see. So you, Paul, I think you hinted at it a little bit when uh, you mentioned that Josh has been out of the loop for a while. So when did Josh, when did you finally make your departure and, uh, and, and Paul was just completely taking the reins and you were kind of uh, checked out from the business? I would say it was right around when I dropped the book. I dropped the book November 20th, 2015. <clears throat> and my life got kind of crazy at that point. Um, I was having a lot of, uh, the book just did incredibly well. It was called three, it's called three light. We sold over 500 bucks a copy. Um, that was more of a business play than the tall tea thing. And the nutrient line did really well. I was in, I was responsible for about 50,000 square feet of, of canopy space for cannabis production in, in Denver, um, had over a hundred employees. And that was one of those things where I kind of had to hit timeout on anything that wasn't really right in this lane with cannabis. And, and so I was like, Paul, you got it, bro. Anything you need, of course, call me, let me know. I want to help. And Paul really took it and ran and I, got sucked in the corporate world is probably the best way to put that. <laughs> but right. I was, uh, I was still on his team on the, all the cannabis side. Like I was, yeah. I was helping with all that still too and running the business. So we worked together in a lot of capacities um, this entire time, honestly, up until about what, two years ago. Yeah. Two since, years ago now? yeah, yeah. yeah the end of, yeah. Tw- end of 2020 is when yeah. I like dipped out on the, the corporate side, the corporate cannabis scene and, I'm a hundred percent in on the, on the Tulsi side now. Yeah. Yeah. But we work, we've been working together the entire time. Oh, six. You guys have always, always been seeing each other. Yeah. Um, so what, so, I mean, you wrote the book, so could you go a little bit more in depth about what the, uh, the cannabis business actually is? I'm sorry. I didn't do, do more research on like that side of the, your business. No, you're good. You're good. Um, it was just a, it is a how to, you know, grow cannabis and, um, for a long time, especially back 2013, 14, 15, nowadays there's a lot more information about it. But before, if you wanted to learn how to grow cannabis, you literally had to piece a couple articles together from High Times, maybe a couple Google searches, and you kind of give it your best shot. And it was one of those things where what we were doing in the garden was producing such different yields and results than other people that I knew that were growing cannabis. Say, well, let's write a book about it. Let's see how it works. People wouldn't, people wouldn't leave him alone. They're like, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? How are you doing this? And it's like, finally, he's like, all right, I'm going to write a book on <laughs> what we do, why we do it, how we do it. And I was like, go for it, you know? And, and sure enough, he had a master plan and it came through and changed hundreds of lives, if not thousands of lives. Like people all over the world use the book and use the processes that we were using to grow cannabis. And, you know, it was a game changer. Yeah. So it was, so it was the how-to book. And then on top of that, were you, you know, did you run your own farm and you were actually like a distributor? How did, like, was that another side of the business? Yeah. Right around peak production, we were probably pumping out somewhere between a thousand and 1200 pounds a month of product to the Colorado market. Um, Yeah. Big facilities, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of revenue. Um, it was it was jumped right into the right into the deep end of the big boy league with with uh, with finances, 
you know, um, it's pretty easy math to do when you're selling them for, you know, 2000 a pound, it, it adds up quick. And so that was, that was taking a ton of my attention and thank God for Paul when it came to, you know, Paul would manage everything from merge to social media, to website, to, you know, company image, to honestly overall strategizing when it was like, Paul, do we do this or this next, you know, he and I would, you know, we, we would get deep into discussions and then the decision would get made and we'd go a different certain direction. So, you know, we've been each other's right hand for a long time. And I was, you know, I was fully invested in the cannabis scene too, almost to the point where, you know, we were talking about shutting tall tea down and just running this cannabis game. Yeah. How do we make this work? And because selling a $40 t-shirt, you know, versus a $2,000 pound is, you know, night and day. Right. But, um, you know, the passion's always been there with the apparel brand. So it's like, it's hard to just say, no, we're not going to do it anymore. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Paul, I mean, as you were talking, you turned your head. Did you guys incorporate a pot leaf onto, uh, into the, into the tall T logos? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's however you want to incorporate it. You know, if you want (laughs) to think of it as a pot leaf, you can, or if you want to think of it as a Japanese maple leaf, you can think of it that way. I mean, I get parents all the time shooting us emails like what's up with this leaf and it's you know it's however you want to interpret it yeah <laughs> wow that's wild yeah no it, it's a deep part of, of our culture and you know honestly a big part of uh what allowed us to have this this <clears throat> this, this journey you know i mean the money had to come from somewhere and how, how we did it and it's been uh obviously we had both of our jobs we were pushing hard and we would throw capital through those items and you know cannabis certainly was a, a key key conduit as well yeah, definitely. And so, I mean, you said that you didn't want to shut down Tall because it was such a passionate thing. Do you guys have any other creative outlets that you just really tap into when you need a break from the corporate stuff? Or is, is Tall T kind of the main creative outlet? Well, we were we were able to be creative on the cannabis side. But, um, you know, once we got um, what, acquired corporately, you want to say, right? Like yeah. things kind of changed a little bit. Yeah. Maybe Muna could uh, answer that a little bit better than I can. Yeah, you know, as far as creative outlets, uh, just the overall being coming from a serial entrepreneur, um, being one now myself and Paul as well, you know, there's so much creativity when it comes to not only kind of, you know, birthing a business, but also, you know, growing that business up. Um, There's a lot of challenges that come along along the road. And when it comes to product development, there's so much creativity there. It doesn't matter what your what business you're in, you know, if you want to stay with the times, you need to be, you need to be, you know, embracing that change. You need to be t- thinking about what's coming next, you know, really skating to where the puck's gonna or where the puck's going as opposed to where it is um, in life. And so creativity for us has been, and we were just talking about, you know, hey, this next drop, let's let's make sure we got eight new designs going. This is you know, these are the things we want to be hitting. And, you know, this is potentially the new fabric we want to be going with. Uh, creativity has always just been almost as easy as breathing. You know, we just want to make sure we're constantly pushing something that's unique and different, something that's fun, something that our community can embrace. And, you know, here we are. Yeah. And Paul, feel the same way? Yeah. Yeah. I'll echo all of that for sure. Yeah. So who do you guys, I'm not sure how much, how big of a hand you have in the art design, but who... Who does all these designs? I'm just like right off the top of my head. I'm thinking of like the elephants and like the all the Rastafarian imagery. Like who who's the actual artist behind all this stuff? There's a there's a bunch yeah, of yeah. different artists for sure. But yeah. like the Rasta Lion and the One Love and 
Um, I mean, what are some so, other ones Noah did? So we, oh gosh, so many, the music tee, the skyline, all of them. So a lot of our original designs were done by one artist who was a great friend, awesome guy. He lives down in New Zealand now and we haven't been able to get him to do a design for us for a while, but I'm going to hit him up and try and get him back involved. Uh, Noah Cremacino, he was a massive key part to the development of kind of these, these ideas and helping them come to life. Uh, since then, we've engaged in dozens of artists yeah you know, lots yeah lots and lots of artists uh and it's just you know the ones that can come with the heat and the cool stuff we we want to put it on shirts and and um the ones that you know possibly don't we want to work with them still and try and uh improve on those ideas so but we'll come up with the concepts and yeah. then you know we'll have the artists put in the end zone yeah mm -hmm. so do you reach out to them or are you having people reach out to you saying hey my my art fits your style i would say it's both yep uh -huh. Definitely both. Yep. The, the older the company's gotten, the more before it was always us reaching out. And now it's now, now, now it's definitely, I would say, you know, Paul can give you the statistic better, but I would argue it's a lot more of them reaching back to us now. For sure. And especially yeah. when it comes to like all the collaborations too. Yeah. Yeah. So what, like, have you, have you had some notable collabs throughout the years? I think, uh, uh Paul, you hinted at one on our phone call the other day that, uh, yeah, when so I dropped that meme, but that one hasn't yeah, happened yeah. yet. So the Oakley one, you know, that's big time. And then, you know, inspired media level one, um, muted tree fort lifestyles armada yeah armada um yeah i mean there's been a bunch and then Denver yeah nuggets yeah. yeah Denver nuggets i mean we just printed the nikola Jokic mvp jerseys that or shirt that was like all time for me for sure because i mean we're both diehard Denver nuggets fans so uh getting the opportunity to make shirts for them was uh a dream come true to say the least yeah well said um but yeah like we had talked on the phone um you know arsenic there's been talk about working with tall t dan i mean what he does for the community is um unbelievable like the amount of passion and love that dude shows for for everyone in skiing and you know he's, he's preaching the right words so i would love to uh, get something on the chopping block with him yeah and i mean i guess while we're talking about him let's clear it up that so you you paul you are not you are not tall t dan and you're also not Ski creative. Nope. You, nope, you guys are three nope. separate people. Yes, we are. And you know, a lot of people get confused thinking Tall T Dan, like my own Tall T Productions. But you know, if you like do your homework, you can kind of figure it out. I just think being named Tall T and him being Tall T Dan, there's just too much similarity going on for people to not get confused. Yeah, and is that a pretty it, like? Does that happening all the time? That uh, no, I wouldn't say all the time, but it happens enough. You know, I've like dropped him a couple couple messages being like yo bro we should probably hop on the live and just like kind of clear the air for everyone let them know like hey we're running tall t productions this is tall t dan but yeah no it's all love for sure yeah and mm -hmm. so speaking of other companies you know back in the early days when you guys were first starting were you looking at any other companies doing something similar as inspiration or was it always or was tall t's always sort of a bootleg thing well, when he mentioned L LRG, I mean, that's LRG, kind of been like yeah. the bread and butter. I like yeah. looked up to those guys forever. Absolutely. LRG. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sure. I'm not, I'm not familiar with LRG. What is, what is so the, the lifted research group, but it's an apparel company, oh, like right. skate, skate scene and hip hop culture. And yep. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's completely the same. It's tall D. Make me feel like an old man over here. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Lifted Research Group is the name of that. Is what LRG stands for, and they're they're a company out of Cali. Um, just really good vibe, great mission there as well. Uh, 
you know, and so for us, um, they, of course, like all other shirt companies didn't make tall tees. So that, that was kind of our niche saying, Hey, we'll make these shirts, but we'll, uh, we'll make them really cool designs. Um, but we'll make them, you know, the fit that we want to wear when we're, when we're skiing every day. Yeah. You know, I've always liked big clothes. Like in high school, it was like all about woo wear and Johnny blaze and like, you know, all echo and all the big shit. So like, I've always had like a love for bigger baggier clothing. Um, I mean, even in elementary school, like I rollerbladed, that was like the big thing in the nineties, right? Rollerblading took off. So, uh, you know, there, everyone was wearing big, big jeans, big shirts. So like, I kind of just fell in love with it and haven't stopped since. And here we are 20 years later, you know, 25 years later. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you guys really want to feel old, definitely listen to like some of the new generation I've had on. I just had, uh, Henry with jib skin. He's a 17 year old. I'm like, what do you think of like of the older generation, you know, the three fills? And he's like, I don't know who those guys are and I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I actually got a chance to listen to it. I was super impressed. I couldn't believe how much he already knew it being only 17, you know, trying to run his own business. That's awesome. Yeah. That's it's awesome. crazy. So, I mean, so you guys have been around, you know, like you said, for 20 years doing this and styles have definitely changed. Have you ever thought that, you know, the, the, the tight pant, everything tight wave has threatened your business at all or has it been pretty consistent over the years i mean the business is still growing i mean it's i mean after all these years it's still growing but like i would say like the peak time was 2013 to 2018 it was like everybody in the industry that was somebody was like repping big gear yeah And, and and with that i think that you know product development and what got us into this was really just putting on, putting together cool shirts that we wanted to wear. So although our name is Tall T, you know, I believe that the logo that we have and the overall um, mission of our organization and Tall T in general is something that we could make a Tall T that's a fitting shirt. You know, we could, we, we could switch up the material on it. We could still do some really cool things and we still do some things that, you know, uh, that are for more, like I said, you know, skating to where the puck's going, not to where it's at yeah and i mean we just like dropped a bunch of dry fits they're all casual fitting t-shirts they're either large or xl and they're they're not even tall and they're they're almost gone so there you know there's a need for regular fitting shirts and we'll do that and like our large shirt isn't even considered tall i wouldn't say like it's more of just a regular yeah large i mean I'm, t-shirt. I'm wearing it yeah yeah, yeah it looks normal yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. definitely guilty of sizing down when ordering stuff from you because i you know, I want a sweatshirt, but I want to look like I'm wearing a dress when I'm just walking around. Right. Walking around. Well, the, you know, the team size shirts, the 108 shirts, those are meant for people, uh, you know, six foot or higher. I mean, if you're 5'10 and you're wearing a team size, yeah, it's going to look way too big on you. But, you know, who are we to say what people can wear and how they want to wear it, right? Yeah, that's where like the phrase the customer's always right comes in. You know, everyone thinks it's about how they treat the service workers. It's all about taste. If somebody want something that you think is ugly well the customer is always right what who are you to say that you know this right. is right and this is wrong wow um have you guys ever you know shirts are your business you know it's the it's a it's a shirt company a lot like you know other episodes i've done where like this is a pants company at the end of the day have there been any products that you've dropped that 
were kind of out of the box and you were taking a risk. Like, I don't know. I think I might've seen a tall tea lighter at some point or, you know, yeah we, can't, yeah, we can't sell those on the website, but we have them. So if you want one, just drop a note in the note section and we'll throw one in there for you. Um, but yeah, and the, say, roll, you know, the rolling done, papers too. Yeah. Rolling papers. Wow. Uh, we did a ski collaboration with HG skis and then, um, Oh, I'm drawing a blank on the last one. Deviation. We just did a collab with them as well. But we did uh, ski collabs with HG for like three or four seasons. We did uh, like the signature pro model with Keegan. I think he did four set, three sets of skis with them as a collab with us. And then didn't didn't we just do uh, some pants? Yup. So yeah, pants, hoodies, you know, everything, you know, hats, you know, just kind of whatever you feel like uh, or we feel like would complement, you know, your outerwear for, for skiing i think the only thing we haven't really touched on was like gloves yeah no gloves yeah and and we're gonna do some outerwear this year too we're gonna do a couple jackets so yeah. that'll be fun to get our hands on you guys ever you guys ever get a logo on a boot at any point no like or anything no no that'd be that'd be kind of hard that'd be cool yep yep um oh i lost what i was thinking of uh, i got wrapped into that Oh, is yeah. Is there any is there any product that you haven't done yet that you'd be uh, that you'd be really itching to do? You just don't know how it'd be received. I know that like I think of arsenic. They do set, like Dan does such out of the box stuff. He did mud flaps at one point. Is there something you would do even though you think it wouldn't sell? Uh, not really. I just think we really need to jump into this outerwear game because I mean kids keep asking for it. Yeah, and, and before I forget it, because we really glossed over it. Why can't you sell? Uh, lighters on the website that that's a good question i don't know shop we use shopify and they pulled it they just said you can't sell it on there the same with the rolling papers so it's i don't know i don't get it damn yeah Brutal. yeah but if you want a pack of papers or if you want a lighter just drop a note in the notes section we'll throw one in there for you yeah well i feel like we yeah i think we naturally found our way to the future of the company um i mean do you have any other thoughts on on what the future looks like for you guys I think it's really going to be complimenting, you know, this, the, what, what's worked well in the past. And, and, you know, Paul hit the nail on the head is really, you know, how do we expand into outerwear and how do we, you know, really complement uh, next generations of the next generation of riders, you know, what are they looking to get their hands on and, you know, how can we support that? And we got a couple of the young bucks on the program. So I, I feel like we're in good hands because the rest of us are getting pretty old, man. I mean, we're pushing 40, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have any concerns that like the younger generation, like I said with Henry, you know, they, they're like, they kind of don't really care about the, what came before them. Do you think that it's essential that you get tall T tapped into the younger generation for the survival of the business? I do. I do. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Do you feel if like you, if you don't have the youth repping, then, you know, what do you have? Right. Yeah. So how do you, how do you approach that? I mean, the social media presence is just, awesome so i think that's definitely super helpful yeah but, we, gotta, like, we, we gotta thank our uh team manager liam downey you know he's out there coaching all the young kids so he's uh he's at the forefront let me know you know who needs to get involved so he's been a huge asset to the company that's awesome yeah all right well we got some we got some viewer questions uh from the community the first one it's it's the one that you kind of hinted at the beginning what's the hot take that you guys have Competition skiing is whack. <laughs> All right, we'll take that one. Definitely, yeah, that's definitely one that a lot of people have repeated. 
<laughs> Josh, how do you feel? Oh, I'd have to second that. I think that, <laughs> you know, doing it for the love. Hey, you know, we want to, and I'm not suggesting that, you know, you focus on your following, focus on, you know, your own audience, things like that, but just make sure that you're there because you're passionate about it. The moment you feel like you're working a job is the <clears> moment that, you know, you take a different approach to it throughout your day and throughout your life in general, no matter what you're doing. So, you know, whatever it is that you got going on and, you know, just make sure your priorities are straight. And for us, it's, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, we're hooking people up, whether you're on the program or whether you're getting our products in general, we want to make sure that, you know, you're in a good spot in your life and you're, you're out there skiing because that's exactly what you want to be doing. And, you know, so, and if, even if it's the competition skiing, Hey, if that's, if that's your jam, we wish you the best. And, you know, if you're, I'm a huge fan of, of the opposite, but you know, uh, just kids that are out there doing it for the love and, you know, enjoying the park days and, you know, getting the clips. Uh, that, that's probably yeah. my answer. I just think when you're investing so much time and energy to, you know, three to six people judging on what you're doing, I just, I just think it's silly, honestly, like, you know, what I think is good style is going to probably be completely different than what a judge thinks is good style, you know? So like well when people put all this time and energy into the competitions, I just feel like you're losing sight of like, why, why, why are you actually skiing? Like, why are you on the mountain? You know? And it's like, it's for the experience. It's to be with your homies. It's to have fun. It's like, that's the point. Like why let three to six judges tell you what's cool and what's not cool. So I don't know. I've just never been a big fan of like the whole comp scene. Yeah. Oh, and so you've always felt that way. There was never a point like in the early days where it no, was like, oh, this no. is kind of cool. Well, I mean, like when X Games first came out, that was uh, 95, I think was the first summer X Games. And like that changed my life. Right. Like I'm like, oh, dope. Like we're having competitions with skiing and skateboarding and snowboarding like this is dope. But like just the older I've gotten, like the less appreciation I have for X Games and all that shit. And I mean, it was dope to see the boys in um, in the Olympics, but it's like at the end of the day, like I just think skiing is an experience and not meant to be judged. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. How do you? Th I mean, since we're just talking about the change over time, this is something I actually wanted to ask you guys about. Uh, since you've been doing it for twenty years, like, how do you? Th what do you think of the general trends going on right now? This is something that a lot of people like to talk about on the show, like the rise of social media and you guys saw movies at their height. So what do you think of everything that's going on now with like the big production companies kind of either well, going under like, or changing their methods? Like, yeah, it just feels like everybody's doing their own project, right? Like, why do I need a production company? If I can just get a camera myself, I have an Instagram, I have a TikTok. like, why, why do I need these production companies anymore? So I feel like that's why they're falling off and, you know, like, level one hasn't dropped a movie in what three years or something since you know because you, you this is not no one wants to do it anymore yeah and so do you think that's a good trend for like you know athletes kind of taking back their own destiny i wouldn't say it's a good or bad trend i just think it's the way of the future yeah that's interesting it's definitely the case with business like i didn't you know i was so i wanted to do this series to kind of tap into it more and uh a lot of these businesses, it's just like a kid that's just making handmaids one of one. They're not, you know, they don't, they don't need permission from some big right. design house to become a designer. They just do it themselves. So I think it's like, I mean, even this podcast, you know, I'm not waiting for some network to pick me up. It's just buy a mic and get to it, you know? Exactly. I love yeah. it. Yeah. The, the, the future is wild. I mean, we didn't grow up with the internet, you know, like 
uh, what internet came out in 95, 96. I think the only reason I was using it was to download music. I mean, and like, just to see where we're at 20 years later, it's, it's insane for sure. Yeah. And Josh, I think, I mean, you could definitely speak to times changing. I mean, you got arrested for cannabis when you were younger and now that's how you're making your money primarily. What has that change been like for you just to see that in your lifetime? You know, it's, it's, it's good. I think it's great. You know, I mean, I think that there's certain things in, in this world, especially around the laws that make sense and a lot of them that don't. So let's make sure that we're not, that, you know, that, that we're not staying stagnant and that we're always embracing change and that we're always, you know, kind of embracing the road ahead. And if it means that we need to have more of an open mind to something as like cannabis being a medicine, I think that's fantastic. And I also feel like, you know, when it comes to kind of, you know, level one, not making a movie for three years and, uh, but I would also suggest that if you look at the amount of, of kind of clips of, of young writers that have come out, that, that numbers increase exponentially. So, you, you know, kids can go viral on their own, which is awesome. I think that's great. You know, you can really be in charge of your own destiny. And the fact that you're doing this and you're not waiting for some production company to pick you up, that is where you'll look back on these days because obviously, you know, you're getting a knack for it and you're getting good. You'll look back on these days and be so stoked that, and this is where you started um, because when you get into things and you do it for the love, you will by far and above exceed everybody else that got in it for other reasons. And so, you know, good for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. I think uh, I, I was talking about, I think with, uh, with Dickie Stiza, the guy that was uh, that the episode hasn't even come out yet. I think I'm gonna drop it tomorrow, but uh, you can't wait for permission. You just got to go out and just do it. You know, you can't uh, yeah. stand Anything there. You got to ask it. for it. Started. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I don't think like all the big productions done because like, you know, the bunch crew, like they're about to drop a flick with, you know, the whole, you know, the whole crew. So like, that's, that's good to see. Like, I'm happy to see that. But for the most part, it feels like everyone's just on their own program now and just doing their own project. Yeah. It's very reliant on the crews now. And that's something that, yeah, we've definitely talked about on the show before. Yeah. Um, it's cool. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, we'll trend, we'll transition to some of the other, viewer questions i mean these obviously get sporadic uh steezy skiing what's the best graphic you ever put out and i i added i want to add on to it so what's been the most popular versus what's been your favorite if those two are different oh god uh, i'm gonna say the one love t okay yeah no, i'm it. sticking to that for sure okay and i can't even tell you how many we've sold we made that tea so long ago. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. One love. Um, that's a close tie though with our Rasta lion, you know, our lion print was hands down one of my favorites for years. Um, that's, that's hands down. Yeah. So one love and Rasta lion and, and for my answer. For yeah. Sure. And those have been the best selling as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thousands of each for sure. They're both still on the shelf because people still want them all the time. Yeah. Wow. Timeless shirts for sure. Definitely yeah. Timeless. timeless. That's a great, yeah. Yeah, great word for it. All right. Binging boulders. Uh, are you ever going to do a ski collab again? He said, are you ever going to make skis again? But it really was a collab. Um, that's probably uh, that's up in the air, to be honest. I mean, we might do something again with deviation, but you know, nothing's nothing's set in stone right now. Yeah. Kind of back to product development more often than not, if we wanted to like, let's say make loves, we would reach out to friends of ours that make loves, you know, we'd say, Hey, we, we want to do this with you. We're not trying to compete with you, compete with you guys. We're trying to, you know, um, share our market share with your market share. Here you go. Um, collaborating with other like-minded individuals in the space is what I, I believe is hands down the best way to go. Yeah. 
And like when we did do like the HD ski stuff, then we're running into, uh, you know, warranty and all that stuff. And it's back and forth with AG and it just, or with HG, it just kind of became a headache to be honest. Um, so, you know, it, it might just be best for us to stay out of the way with, with actually selling the skis. Yeah. Cool. All right. We got, uh, speaking of collaborations, we got snow underscore sauce. How did the Jokic, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. MVP. Yeah. Yeah. And how did the MVP shirt come up? Um, so a good homie of mine, uh, he works for the team. He's the VP of, uh, media relations. So he got us plugged and then I just been working, uh, with the strength coach who is like, Nicole is right in, man. He was the one that was like pushing him the whole time, letting him know like, yo, you can be the MVP of the league. And, uh, yeah, that's how the connection worked. And we're actually printing the second round since he won back to back. We're printing the second round right now, actually. Oh my God. That's sick. I mean, Paul, I see your, I see your personal Instagram stories as like huge sports fans. How stoked were you on making that happen? Oh, it was dream come true. Like I said, you know, like that was the biggest collaboration I've ever been a part of. And when he's like on the court accepting the MVP award and both of his brothers have tall tees on, it's like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like just epic, absolutely epic. And so like, it's all about the relationships. Like that's what this business has always been about is the relationships. You know, it's never about the money. It's never about fame. It's, it's about the community and making friends with all the best people in the world and like wouldn't change it for a thing. Yeah, definitely. I've been teasing Felipe. He's the uh, strength coach. I'm like, yo, you got to get Nicola in here to come press his own shirt. So we're hoping we can get him in the print shop and we'll, we'll get him on the press, pressing his own shirts. Yeah. All right. That's sick. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Shu Shuan, Shuan, however you pronounce it. Apologies. Uh, do you ever plan to open a pop-up shop on the East Coast? Hmm. That would be dope. That would be dope. Would we be haven't dope. really done much like pop-up stuff. I think. I think a future collab would be more of, you know, it seems like every ski town has its own little, has its own like ski shop. I think it would be more of a, how do we collab with that ski shop and then also take over, and I don't say take over, but somewhat of a, a corner of their store can be, you know, designated tall tee. Um, I think I could, see, I could see something like that going on in, in the coming years. The nice thing about our business model too, though, is we do everything directly through the website. We only work with a handful of retailers. Like if you want tall tee gear, it's like the best way to get is to hit the, hit the website. Yeah. Or the app. I was like, I think it was around the 420 promotion. I would, that was the first time I downloaded the app. I was completely blown away by how, you know, that's the real deal right there. Yep. That's a game changer for sure. So we've been running the app for a little over a year now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that is sick. I mean, so that, that person was asking about the East coast. It seems like this has always been a Colorado based brand, you know, at its core where it was developed where you are now. How worldwide is the distribution? Are you going, are you sending this all over? Yeah, it's all over the world. And that was like the best thing about starting it in Breck because people from all over the world would come to Breck and then take it back home. And then that's what helped spread the word too. But yeah, I mean, we're talking probably over a hundred different countries we've shipped to. Yeah. And I mean, there's a Tall T Productions Japan page. Yeah, Tall T Korea. And like, yeah. Yeah. So, and those are just like reps, like my boy Hiroshi, uh, Hiroshi, he's uh, the man in Japan and he's like been our guy over there. So he's been 
spreading the word word really good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I think, do you guys look back on where you first started and could you have ever imagined it was going to be as big as, as it is now? It's like, it's incredible talking about a hundred plus countries for distribution, like, and it started in Breck. I, I, I think it manifesting your future is very real. You know, if you believe something's going to be big and you want to put your heart and soul into it and you go about it for the right reasons, you're probably going to get that. And it's probably going to happen. And so Paul and I would always talk about, cause we lived in Breck. So we'd drive to Denver to go pick up the shirts and drive home or whatever it might be. We'd have, let's say three hours of windshield time just to, just to bullshit and catch up. And it was always about where we were going. And so there was so much good energy just put out in the universe that says, Hey, we're going to, we're going to be on every shelf in, in this capacity. We're going to make sure we're in every town that has a ski lift. We, we got to be there. Let's do it, man. This is how we're going to get it done. This is who, this is how we're going to attack this. And so I believe that those are a lot of the things. So, you know, could we have ever thought of it? I mean, yes, you know, and it's just so awesome that it's, it's come to fruition this way. You know, um, very, very blessed, very humbled. Um, that's, that's yeah, but I mean, it's, yeah. it wasn't just us two. It's, it's the whole it's, community that, it takes you know, if you bought a sticker, yeah. if you've, you know, a beanie, put up a t-shirt, not even rep the brand, but just had good things to say, like all of that accumulates to where we are today. You know, it's, it's yeah. not a two man show. It's, it's everyone that's been involved since the very beginning. Well said. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And I know that entrepreneurs usually have the mindset that they've never made it, but have you guys had a holy shit, we've made it moment with this brand, whether seeing it, you know, in a certain movie or like going to a random place in the world and being like, Oh, it's, you know, this is like a random pocket and it's still here. Like, have you had a, we've I mean, it was it always dope when like, you know, Henrik or Vinny or what, you know, homies repping during the X games and like, you know, both our phones would blow up. Yo, what's up with Henrik rocking the tall team? Like, that was always a big moment when, like, the boys were on the national stage and, like, or Oakley's calling. Can you, you know, can we do a collab? You know, like, those, yeah, those, those milestones some, for sure. Yeah, those are some pretty cool moments of calling Paul. Like, you would not believe the call I just got, dude. This is awesome. Let's figure this out. <laughs> and so, how it worked with Oakley is that was just trade. Like, we made a bunch of gear for Tanner, and then they sent us like golf bags, some duffel bags. We're like, just shop the website, send us what you want. And we're like, okay. Some golf polos. So, that was fun for sure. Yeah. Shit, they hooked it up. That's, yep. <laughs> that's yeah, really okay. sick. They came correct. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were calling because of a lawsuit saying, hey, why is our athlete wearing your product instead of our product? Like, what's, what's the wrong with the picture here? Yep. Yeah. Sick. All right. Um, Toby McGuire fan page asks, is there a way to get a, a job at Talty other than as a sponsored rider? Uh, at the moment, we're not hiring. Is that a common so question you guys his, get from he people in the his, scene? He can, send, he can send his resume to info at talltproductions.com. Yeah, doesn't hurt to send a resume, but yeah, at the moment we're not hiring anyone. And more often than not, if if someone is jumping in, um, it's going to be on like an intern level. Hey, I want to come spend time in Denver. I want to get the call out of life. You know, is there some port, some support I can offer as an intern? Um, things like that is probably going to be the best avenue to get involved with the inner circle of Talty if that's if that's the goal. Yep. You the know? very uh, yeah. very first intern we ever had was Will Breakout. And he came in at 16 years old. He was still in high school and he came in, uh, he worked with us for a month. Yep. And uh, after, after he finished high school, he came back and worked with me for like, oh, maybe like a year. 
And then he ended up moving out to New York and pursuing his own career. But yeah, that's like the best way to do it is to just come in, intern, and then see what happens from there. Yeah. yeah. And so what sort of people do you have on your team? You know, there do you have like finance people, accounting people, no, people no, making no. shirts? Like no. how big of an operation are you running? We're talking two of us. <laughs> all right. Like, so it's, literally, it's like so literally two people for sure. Yeah. Like I manage all the biz, all the business side. And then uh, I have my girl Gretchen. She like helps with fulfillment, folding t-shirts, cutting stickers, like all the manual labor stuff. Shit. Yeah. So when, so when they're reaching out to the company, they're, they're getting you yep. on the other end. Yeah. We are like the definition of oh, small yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. Also yeah. find if an email is about someone that yeah. ordered two of the same thing right before this call, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, I ordered two of the same shirts. Can you be swapping? We're like, yeah, of course. Yeah. No if you're sending a text on the text line, like I'm the one that's responding. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And what about the interns? Are they just stuffing envelopes full of stickers? Like what do you guys yep. have them doing? Yeah. Or they'll help with like they're folding shirts. They're doing everything that yeah. Gretchen's doing there. Yep. You know, there's graphic design that's getting done. There's, you know, help on the back end of the website and stuff, you know, whatever we can uh, put, put them to use. So sick. All right. So we're, we're rounding the corner towards the end. Got a couple questions left. Nate asks, who do you think is up next in the ski scene? Well, that's your question. Uh, well, Young Snow, he's on the program. So, I mean, I'm, I'm putting my eggs in that basket. Hell yeah. Josh, you agree? I'm not sure how plugged have, in you I are. I have to agree on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Aaron asks, and this might be a di difficult one, how tall is too tall? As far as the t-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. In terms I of mean, if it's hanging below your knees, it's probably too tall. Would be my would be my two cents. Even if you got like the the really really bunched up pants that are like basically just at your ankles. I mean my uh, my I mean whenever I rocked it to you, it was like always thigh level. Okay. If you're going below the knees, I think you're going towards uh, dress for I sure. Mean, the goal is you're you're the keep things in proportion. Yeah, and if you're wearing if you're wearing a jacket, like the the tags come out just you shouldn't see much more than the tag out front of the jacket. Yeah. Um, but once again, teach their own. Everyone's got their own, their own. Yeah. Style. There's yeah. definitely some weird combos, skinny pants, big shirts. And just, yeah. so, <laughs> I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, if it makes you happy, like that's what it's about, you know? Yeah. So like, I'm not here to like clown on people's style. Like people are going to wear what they want to wear, you know? And, uh, you know, if they support the brand, we support them. Yeah. It's all, it's all love. It's all it love. Is. It really yeah. is. Um, all right. Last question from uh grant harris what what's your advice for people getting started in the clothing game and i mean you could even take it just to the in, in the entrepreneurial world too just getting started on your own i'm gonna let you handle that one um i believe that it's really important to like what, what started tall to was uh, something was missing in that um and you couldn't get it so when i talk about how you know are you, what what product you're going to do next well the next product we're going to do most likely will be something that you can't get yet and so understanding that if there's a hole in a market and your ability to fill that hole is, is going to be everything as far as a starting point. Now, if you want to, if you truly want to do some, maybe there's a shirt that you want to do or design that you want to do that, that doesn't exist, run with that because there's going to be, you know, um, an audience for it hundred percent. So, so for us, when it comes to someone getting started as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, make sure you get new for the right reasons. Remember, if you're going to lose anybody's money, make sure it's your own. 
Um, that's going to be key. And don't you know? plan on making a bunch of money when you start. Yeah. Just plan on spending a bunch of money. Get into it for the love. Um, and and you're, the road will chart itself out because you'll learn simple business practices that will allow you to then apply that to um, you know, whatever professional career you want to do or allow you to make your dream a professional career. It's like that. You know, It's really going to be up to the individual. But fill a hole and make, make sure that it's uh, you know, making people's days better. So, yeah. Whatever it is, you know, brings bring uh, bring some good vibes with it. <laughs> yeah, and Paul, what what are your thoughts on uh, on just like your? I mean, it could even be your journey. Like, what has helped you continue to build even when the road's been uncertain? Um, you know, just the passion and having the love for what I'm doing. You know, like when you love what yeah. you're doing, it doesn't feel like work, right? I mean, but entrepreneurship it's lonely. You know, you you're on an island. You're you're doing it on your own most of the time. So. Um, you gotta have a strong will and, you know, keep your eyes on the prize. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. You gotta, you gotta stay even keel. And, you know, if, if the love's there, you'll be successful. I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, that's been, uh, sentiments that have been echoed by other entrepreneurs I've talked to. And like the one that I always hear all the, all the time is, uh, is like you were saying, Josh is find, find a problem and then be the solution. And, uh, I think, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's very valuable advice. Like if you're doing what everybody else is doing, then you're just part of the pack, I guess. Right. Right. How are you going to stick out? That, 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 and that's honestly, that's a very hard road to stay successful with and to stay with because you're just, you're following the next trend. Yeah. Um, And, and, and and trends, trends come and go. And if you want to build a business, it needs to be here for a long time and a good time, not just one or the other. (laughs) You know, you know, lucky for us, it seems like this tall trend is stuck around, even with the other trends coming and going, like there's still kids buying tall t-shirts and there's still kids putting clips on the internet, repping gear. So, I mean, like, as long as that's still happening, we're going to continue to make clothes. So the future continues to stay bright. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So you guys got any closing thoughts, anything that we didn't touch on before, uh, before I let you guys go? Uh, no, just want to shout out all the homies that have repped the brand that have showed support. Um, you know, it's a laundry list of names. I could go through them all, but we'd probably be here for 10, 15 minutes. But, uh, some of the most important ones would be, you know, Adam DeLorme, Liam Downey, Tanner Rainville, uh, Ahmed Dadali, Mike Hornbeck, Jaron Stadler, uh, Magnus Granier, uh, that whole bunch crew, the four by nine crew, uh, John Ware, Eric Iberg, Inspired Media, Phil and Henrik, Tanner Hall. Like, it's just on and on and on and on. But, like, so much love to all you guys. Like, we wouldn't be here without any of you. So, you know, big respect and much love. 100% echo that. Absolutely. Hell yeah. And where can they where can they find and stay up to date with everything you're doing? Well, we're on all the socials. So, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, make sure you download the app. It's available on Google and Apple. And then uh, sign up for the text line if you're in the States or Canada. And you can find all that stuff on our website at the new domain, www.talltea.com. Wow. Wow. That's, yep. that's a great domain. How did you- yep. How did it take some finagling to get that one, or did we you just got? We actually just got it. Like it sure did a month ago. <laughs> They've been trying to sell it to us for years, yep. and 
we finally got it. Yeah, we dropped <laughs> so, yeah. drop productions. Now we got talltea.com. Uh, so hopefully yeah. that uh, brings in a little bit more traffic for us yeah. too. Huge. Paul, Josh, it was awesome having you guys on. It was awesome to get to meet you and talk to you. And uh, yeah, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. You guys coming on. This was, uh, this was sick. Yeah, thanks yeah. a lot, Ethan. We appreciate it, bro. Pleasure's ours. Thank you, Ethan. Yep. Appreciate it. Niggas need to be got.